0: Welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast, brought to you before a live studio audience today. Um, this is a weird one. You can cut that, Jan. It's weird now. I'm sorry. It got weird. It got weird. I didn't know what to do. It just keeps going. I, um, <laughs> so a few weeks ago, Randy was supposed to teach, and Randy got COVID. And so Randy called us, and he was like, hey, you got COVID, can't teach. I'm gonna film it, we're gonna play it on the screens, it's gonna be great, it'll do. We did it, we were all here, it worked, caught us by. Didn't feel quite right, a little, little weird, didn't feel like us, that's yeah. all, that's all I'm saying. Um, so, today, Jason was supposed to teach. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a call last night about 10 o'clock, we were at the Madsen's house having some dinner, and. uh And, uh, Jason called and let us know that, uh, COVID is in, well, sorry, Jason does not have COVID. It's in his family.
1: Not yet. That we know of. That we know of. That
0: we know of, but it is in the household. And so he's not here today. And so he was like, Hey, why don't you and Randy do like live salty saints? And I don't know if he was kidding or not, but here we are. (laughs) And, uh, so we're just kind of going off the cuff a little bit. We've got a, a nice outline. We've done it once. It seemed to work. Okay. So, uh, We'll find out. we you was, want to do
1: the same thing again?
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Let's just mix it. Let's change it this time.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jason was going to preach on the third part of uh, New Hope's three-year vision. Uh, he is still going to do that, but he's going to do that on February the 6th. Um, so, the question became, so what do we talk about? And as we were talking...
0: Well, we thought it was only fitting to discuss when God's plan is different than your plan. We thought that that worked out well, right?
1: Yeah. Basically, it's us just trying to make sense of today.
0: (laughs) And so, you know, we we feel like that's a pretty applicable thing, right? I mean, given our set of circumstances over the last few years here worldwide, I mean, like, life's just kind of it's not exactly what we envisioned, right?
1: nobody planned for a lockdown for a hunker down order nobody planned for the the amount of deaths and isolation that we've seen. We had plans in place they didn't happen they did not take place
0: and so looking at scripture we we thought that uh there were quite a few stories that seemed to uh to to model that for us, what it looks like when, when life isn't what you planned on it to be?
1: What we found out is that as we look through scripture, we didn't see a lot of scripture that talks overtly about this. But when you look at what happens in the Bible, it's, it's like it's on every page. Uh, people were going down one road and all of a sudden something happens and now they're doing something 90 degrees different.
0: Right. And, you know, while it's not always bad what happens to them, I would say about 99% of the time, it's probably not what they would have considered ideal. Like, it's definitely not what they would have wanted to happen. But it is what happens. That's what happens over and over through Scripture.
1: What are some of the examples that you...
0: We see Noah, you know? God comes to Noah, and he's like, hey, um, I'm going to kill everything, and so you're going to need to build a giant boat. Everybody's going to think you're crazy, and you're going to be the savior of mankind can't imagine that that was on his list of to-dos, you know what I mean? Um, Job is a good guy. He's doing everything right, and he loses everything. He loses everything he owns. Um, Abraham thinks that he's never going to have kids. No, turns out you're going to be the father of all nations, and that's going to come with some hardships. Some things are going to come with that. Um, Moses is a adopted son of the Pharaoh of Egypt. He has fled Egypt because he's a murderer, because he killed an an Egyptian slave driver. Yeah. Yeah. And then God says, hey, gonna need you to go back to Egypt because we're gonna go save Israel. Um, Gideon doesn't even believe that it's God talking to him when he comes to him and says, hey, you're the guy that's gonna save Israel. Um, And then you got Mary and Joseph, um, who get told, hey, you're gonna parent the savior of mankind, God himself in the human flesh, you're going to parent him. We
1: just came through Advent. Here's Joseph. Who's, he's met the girl of his dreams. He's going to marry her. And she comes to him one day and says, I'm pregnant. And all of those plans in Joseph's mind, out the window. But the angel appears to Joseph and says, it's okay. Go ahead and take her. So he, so he marries her or, or he takes her. And... Um, I guess he was probably thinking, we'll just stay in Bethlehem now and have a nice life. And, or we'll just stay in Nazareth now and have a nice life. And all of a sudden, they got to go to Bethlehem. So he goes to Bethlehem and apparently he sets up shop there. And the angel appears to him one night and says, uh, leave. When? Now. And he packs up. And that night before the dawn comes up, leaves everything he has. And he goes to Egypt. And it seems like just time after time, they're going in one direction and boom, big change. And boom, another big change. Paul. Paul starts his first uh, journey in which he was in charge of a team. That's in Acts chapter 16. I love this passage. Verse 6. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia. They tried to go to Asia Miners. Now that's moving west from where they were and they tried to go south. The Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. So the Holy Spirit says no. So he keeps moving west. Then he comes to the borders of Mysia and decided to head north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go there. So here's Paul. Tries to go south. The Spirit says no. So he keeps going west. Tries to go north. The Spirit says no. This was my plan and God said do that instead. Okay, so now we're going to go up here. No, don't do that either. Time after time, it seems like you find this on every page of Scripture.
0: And you know, I didn't pick up on this the first time around but they were literally trying to do the will of God. Like, Mm -hmm. they were trying to go preach to people, and in the midst of that, God's like, yeah, but that's not the way I want you to do it. And so, like, that's gotta happen to us too, where we think we're doing the right thing, and maybe we are, but it's still not God's way of doing it.
1: And who of us haven't lived this reality? We had a plan, and all of a sudden, boom. I mean, all of us in the last two years with COVID, we had plans and those plans were laid aside. And it's not just COVID, there are other things the loss of a job, early retirement, cancer. Who wakes up one morning and plans, I think I'll go to the doctor and be diagnosed for cancer today? It happens.
0: It's really hard in the middle of, of crazy circumstances, like in 2017, January of 2017, January, January or February, I don't remember, it's a blur, but uh, my house burned down. I lost everything except my guitar, my amp and my PlayStation 4. I don't know how those things survived, but um, they did. Um, but like lost everything and within a year, it was like it never happened. Like, it's like in the midst of it, you're like, how is this ever going to get better? How is this ever going to work out? And then a year later, it's like, oh yeah, like that really did happen to us. Now that's one circumstance that, you know, for me in that circumstance, things did get better, but things don't always get better. And it's not promised that they will. I mean, I've had a lot of bad stuff happen to me in life where it's like, I mean, no, that really, never really did resolve, but you know, I learned to work with it and, and it was okay. Um, and. And it's weird how that works, right?
1: You know, we've talked about cancer, we've talked about COVID, we can recover from that. But what happens when you lose a loved one? Someone dies. They're not coming back. That doesn't get better. So what do you do? Yeah. One of the first questions that we usually ask is why? Why is this happening to me?
0: Yeah, uh, I think the the biggest thing for me is, recognizing that I can't understand why. Um, we talked about this a little earlier. Um, there, there is no explanation in Scripture why bad things happen to good people. We actually did a whole podcast on it. And it was basically me and Randy saying, we're going to answer this question and then never actually answering that question. <laughs> um, because you can't. You can, you can spectate. You can, you can say, well, theologically, if I break down the Bible... I can, I can come to these conclusions on why it makes sense that things probably, bad things happen to good people, but there is no definitive
1: explanation in scripture. And definitely no explanation for a particular incidence of something that happens. Uh, uh, Job, for example, uh, he, his friends had that question. You know, they, they, they said God is punishing you for evil that you've done Job kept saying show me the evil (laughs) they couldn't but in their minds God was punishing him so he must have done evil somewhere but that wasn't the issue in Job
0: yeah I mean Job over and over again throughout that book is just asking God talk to me talk to me let me know why. Why is this happening? That's the question he keeps asking. I want to know why you're doing this to me. Why are you doing this? And finally, God shows up, and uh, I'll summarize. It says, "Put on your big boy pants because we're going to have a talk." You know, and, and and he finally looks at him and says, "Like you, you don't need to understand why. You don't need to understand why bad things happen. I'm God." I see the whole picture. You don't. You can't even fathom the things I have done. I have created things outside of your realm of thinking. I see the whole thing. You just need to trust me. You don't need to understand it. And I think that's a big point to be made
1: about all that. You know, we didn't talk about this so much in the first service, but um, if God were to tell us why it happened, I think we'd argue with him. I think we'd say, yeah, but you didn't consider this. And, and what about that? And, and my neighbor, it didn't. He, he lived just like me and it didn't happen to him. I think if God told us why, we would go to God and argue with him. That doesn't get us anywhere. But the Bible does give an answer to the question, what do we do about it?
0: And I think it lies in the character of God. That's one of the first things. In Exodus 34, five through seven, it says, then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Now, it's really easy to get hung on that last part, Uh, but that's not the point. Um, If you notice, there's so much more to say here about God's love than there is about his punishment, right? It says he is compassionate and full of mercy, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining that love, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin right? That's part one. We, we worship a loving, good God. And so we have to understand his character to understand why he does what he does. It's out of love, right? But we also need to understand that there is a, a justice in God, that God has a sense of justice. It, it's important to him. Sin is so abhorrent and wrong, and he hates it, and all things will be made right. And so while he is infinitely loving— and compassionate, he is just as just. And we don't always understand that part, I think.
1: So, what do we do? When things don't go our way, when we have made a plan and something happens and all of a sudden we're doing something completely different, what do we do? First thing, look at God's character. Yeah. What then?
0: Um, so, like you said, you go to God first, right? Um, I think the second thing is uh, I believe you said it like we need to do the next thing. what what is what is next in God's will for me? you know, once you've gone to God, right, what is the next? piece of his will what what do i need to do next because you can't just stop you can't just shut yourself in and, and run away from the world god is still calling us to to do his will even when life's hard even when it's crazy and even when we don't understand it and so we need to address what the next move is and
1: do it and for some of us that's just kind of the normal thing to do uh things didn't go like we expected so boom we stop take a look around okay Not supposed to do that, let me just wait here. And that's not the thing to do. Keep moving, keep, do the next thing. So you're not gonna be able to do the plan, you're not gonna be able to accomplish what you had thought, but there is a next thing. Figure out what that next thing is and start moving in that direction.
0: And this is just something to add to that. What we are not saying is to make yourself so busy that you can't pay attention to what's wrong. That's not the move either. God, God wants you to, to think through things. He wants you to feel with your heart. He wants you to be in communication with him and talk to him. So that doesn't mean just becoming like a robot and just right. doing the next task so you can get through the hard times. No. Now you need to feel. You need to be there for the people around you. You need to love. You need to be present. But you do need to keep moving. You do need to still stay productive for the kingdom of God.
1: And it does go back to that first point of staying connected to God so that you can see his character and focus on his character.
0: 100%. Um, in Matthew, I said Mark for a service and he yelled at me. He yelled at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't yell at me. Uh, Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Uh, sorry, that's not what I wanted to talk about yet, but we will get there. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane says, look, God, Father, I, I don't want to have to do this if there's another way. Like if there's another way that doesn't involve me being tortured and murdered, let me go that route. I, I don't want to have to die if there's any other way. And so the father responds with letting him know that that is the will. The that, that, that God's will is that Jesus will be tortured and he will die because that is the only way to save humanity right? And so if we break that down, if we look at that, it's exactly what me and Randy were just talking about. It's, he goes to the Father. He stays connected with God. And the second thing is the one we haven't mentioned yet. He he addresses the will of God and differentiates it from his own will. He says, this is what I want to happen. This is my human inclination. This is what I want to do. I don't want to have to do your will if there's another way to do your will, right? I don't want to die this way if there's another way to follow out your plans. And he says, but if this is your will, then I'll do it. And so Jesus, then the third thing, after he's differentiated his own will from the will of God, says, okay, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he leans into it and he does the next step, which is loving people till the end when he dies on a cross.
1: That's that's the Lord Jesus. Jesus. He himself faced the very same thing. He said to God, I'd rather not do this this way. Let me do it some other way. You pick the other way. I just want to do your will. And God said, now, this is the only way. Boom. Uh, That's hard. That's hard. Sometimes I think we get distracted because we, we... we come to the Lord and there's this euphoria that sweeps over us our sins are forgiven we're part of God's family the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside us and and all of a sudden it's like we've come to life and we think okay that's what this is everything is going to be great Yeah,
0: That's, that's the weird thing uh Evangelical Christianity, um, I think it's been influenced very deeply by the whole, like, um, prosperity gospel movement, all, you know, the wealth, health, all that good stuff. Um, that once you become a Christian, your life's going to get easy. Yeah. I really do think that we buy into that on some level when I can't find that in the Bible. Like, it's just not there. Um,
1: <laughs> you look at what they went through. What, uh, easy life. Is not how I would describe what happened to Joseph in the book of Genesis. Or, or even to Paul in the missionary journeys. And they were doing the right thing. They were doing God's will. Right.
0: Uh, if you look at that quote. From, uh, I am ready for Matthew 16 now. Uh, Matthew 16:24 through 26 says. Uh, then Jesus told his disciples if anyone would come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? That's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is like, hey, you want to follow me? It's a death sentence. Come on. <laughs> you know, like, that's crazy.
1: That's, that's so hard. That's not a Tony Robbins uh, motivational speaker, is it?
0: He has such big uh, hands. It's so sa- <laughs> crazy. <isn't>
1: it? <laughs> he says, uh, deny yourself. He says, take up your cross, and he says, follow me. Well, the disciples knew what it meant to follow him because that's what they were doing. They knew what a cross was just a couple of years before this. In Jerusalem, Pilate got upset at a a riot that took place in Jerusalem, and he had 2,000 Israelites crucified on the same day he lined the road leading up to Jerusalem with 2,000 crosses everybody knew what a cross was but that first word deny yourself that really really sounds strange to us how do you deny yourself well Jesus goes into uh, uh, an explanation It means be willing to give up your life. It means be willing to give up your possessions. It means even be willing to give up your relationships in pursuit of God's will.
0: And I mean, I think we have to come back to the character of God again, right? I mean, that all sounds really tough, and and it is tough. But Romans 8.28 tells us, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. And so while it's crazy, while it seems like everything's out of control and everything's broken, God promises us that he is even using the bad in the world around us. He is using the sin in the world around us. Like, it's kind of like what, uh, is, is it Joseph uh, when he says, you know, what you meant for evil, it God is. used for good. Right. And so even what we ruin and we screw up and, and, and all the people in the world add to this just amount of sin and death and sadness, God is taking all of that. And he is so sovereign and so in control that he is taking that and working it out to benefit all of the believers. Now that may not mean we get a Ferrari this year, but we are going to benefit. He is working for our good. We are going to be drawn near to him and to be, to grow in faith with him if we keep our eyes on that
1: truth. There's even a verse that talks about that, isn't there?
0: If there is, you should say it, because I Romans don't know.
1: 28? Oh, yeah, I just said it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there you are. I ought to start paying attention, shouldn't I?
0: Ta-da-ting. <laughs> <Dun-dun-tink>.
1: um, <laughs> so what? let's summarize. What do you do? What do you do? So we have all lived this life. We start down one path, and all of a sudden, boom. Something else happens. We're forced to go down another path. What do you do? First of all, stay connected to God. Yep.
0: Don't, run, don't run away from God.
1: Don't run away That's from God. That's the easy yeah. thing to
0: do when things go wrong is run away from God. I'm the kind of person when I get like depressed, when I get sad, I want to be alone. I don't want to be near anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to pout all by myself. And you can't do that. You got to go to God. Abby's nodding her head and smiling. Thank you.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> you can tell me more after this. then. <laughs> Secondly, uh, as you stay connected to God, focus on God's character. God will reveal to you who he is much more quickly than he'll reveal to you why he's doing what he does. We need to find out who God is. Sometimes God puts us in these situations so we'll figure out who he really is.
0: And so in that, we can differentiate the will of God from our own will.
1: Our own will typically has to do with our comfort, with anything that would be easier for ourselves. But God doesn't always make things easier. We talk about living in the valleys and living on the mountaintops, and we make it sound like we wanna live on the mountaintops. You know, you're, you're close to God, everything's just hunky-dory, and uh, everything's going good when you're on the mountaintop. In reality, the mountain tops are very barren places. There's a thing called a tree line, and above the tree line, there's not enough oxygen for trees to grow. That's what happens on the mountaintop. There is no growth. Where does the growth take place? It's in the valleys. I think that's a parable of our life. When things are going tough, is when God really draws us closer to him.
0: Look at the story of Israel throughout all of scripture. As soon as things start going good, as soon as they get comfortable, they start going back to their old gods. They start going back to the pagan gods. They start picking up their despicable practices before God. They start doing everything wrong. And then God just lets it happen the way it should happen. That... When you do bad things, bad things generally happen. And so other armies start to invade. They'll be exiled. People start dying. And then they come back to God. And they say, God, save us, save us, save us. We're sorry. And he forgives them of their sins. And he, he loves them. He forgets that it ever even happened. He throws it as far from the east as from the west. And everything's good. And they get comfortable again. And they're like, hey, those pagan gods over there seem pretty cool. We should go worship them. And it's like, it's just over and over again. And that's, that's us too, right?
1: So we stay connected to God. We focus on God's character in doing that. We learn to distinguish between our own desires and what God's will is. And then we do the next thing. We identify the next thing that we need to do. We keep moving. We don't stop. We don't just crawl into a corner and pout and cry. We do the next thing. If you can't think of anything else, live, love, go. Find someone to love. Find someone where you can live Jesus' life in front of them.
0: And that's not an easy task, right? Like that's, I feel like that's what every sermon always comes back to somewhere is like, oh yeah, we got to live like Jesus. And that's crazy difficult. And the thing is, we don't have to get it 100%. We just keep getting back up and coming back to Jesus and asking Him to make us better the next time. Um, John sixteen nineteen through twenty four says Jesus realized they wanted to ask Him about it, so He said, "Are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said in a little while you won't see Me, but a little while after that you will see Me again. I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to Me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy." It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. See, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you, ask, or because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in time, or peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world.
1: (laughs) That's incredible. Um, There's a man by the name of Dennis Kinlaw. He has uh, since passed away. He was president of Asbury College for about 25 years. Incredible speaker. He was uh, well-known theologian. But that wasn't the plan that he had for his life. The plan that he had for his life is he and his wife wanted to be missionaries. But every mission group that they applied with turned them down because his wife had an illness. And they figured with that illness, no matter where they went, the illness would follow them and, and uh, make it impossible for them to minister. So Dennis and Elsie uh, continued here in the States, went on to do great things. Now I heard Dr. Kinlaw speak when he was about 80 years old. And he said, as I was living my life, I would lay out a plan and it would be thwarted and we'd have to do something else. And we'd go in a different direction. But eventually that plan would be thwarted. There'd be another obstacle and we'd have to do something else. and he said, I, uh, from, from that side of my life looking forward, it seemed that my life just zigzagged back and forth almost without direction. He said, I'm 80 years old now. And he said, as I turn around and look at my life, what I see is a pathway that's as straight as an arrow. God had a plan for me and." Everything that happened was to accomplish that plan. I thought my life was just moving back and forth. It wasn't. The world was moving back and forth around me. But God's plan was straight as as an arrow. Now that's what we're trying to say this morning. How was it that Jesus said it there in in John 16,
0: he said, uh, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. He did it. He already did it. He promises that we will have trials and sorrows. He promises that following him is like taking up a cross to go and die. But he also promises that if you just put your eyes on him, that's where peace is. That's where, that's where you don't have to worry about earning salvation. You don't have to worry about getting it perfect. You just keep going back to Jesus. Keep dif- differentiating between your will and God's will, and you just keep on moving. We got it. He already did it.
1: Yeah, it's not so much that we got it. He got it.
0: <laughs> We've got it because he's got it. <laughs> that's Is that right. fair?
1: All right. That's fair. That's fair.